Welcome to Sleep Cues, the everything baby sleep podcast. I'm Erin, pediatric sleep consultant and founder of The Happy Sleep Company. From catnaps to night wakes and regressions to teething, we cover all things baby sleep. With a passion for children's sleep, we're here to help tired families get healthy rest. Hi everyone, welcome back to the podcast. It's been a busy few weeks around here queuing up some amazing guests for the podcast and stay tuned because we have some great topics and guests coming up in the next little while, but today is Q&A Tuesday. So on Q&A Tuesday, as you may know, we go through the top five questions of the week. So some of the questions I've pulled out of my DM box on Instagram, my emails that just resonate with me as questions that are really important to so many parents. They are questions that so many of you have, and I love answering the ones that one person may have asked me, but the answer to that question is going to help so many other parents who often ask me similar types of questions, things that are concerning you about your baby's sleep or sort of boggling you about your baby's sleep. So let's dig into today's questions. The first one is an interesting one. I do get this question a lot. My baby is constantly moving around in the crib and bumping his head. Will he hurt himself? What can I do about this? So it is very unlikely he will hurt himself and there's not a ton you can do about it is the short answer. Maybe not what you were hoping for or expecting, but the thing is there's not a magical solution to this other than knowing that the crib is the safest place for your baby to sleep. I do get this question a lot. My baby bumps his head on the side of the crib when he's moving around in his sleep. His arm sticks out through the slats in the crib when he's trying to sleep. But most of the time when parents tell me this, they're also telling me he doesn't wake up. I see him on the monitor or I see him across the room if you're sharing the room with your baby and it looks uncomfortable to me and it bothers me as the parent that I see this, but it doesn't generally seem to bother him. I just don't like it and I feel like he's going to hurt himself. But when you really take a close look, you realize this is happening often and your baby's never hurting themselves. So again, the crib is the safest place for the baby to sleep per all of our health authorities telling us this. So we do want to be there. Some parents use options like mesh crib bumpers. However, these are not approved by Health Canada or the AAP crib bumpers of any kind are not recommended per se in your child's crib. So while some parents are using those, I can't recommend those as a solution to this problem because it's not something that is tested and approved by health authorities. And they're not even necessarily necessary because lots of parents don't use the crib bumpers because they aren't recommended by health regulators and their baby's still totally fine and sleeps very safely in a crib. If your baby gets his arm stuck through the slats or his little leg stuck through the slats, is it going to harm him? No. Is it going to wake him up? Maybe. Maybe not. If it does, you're going to go in and console your baby and get him repositioned and comfy again and then continue on with good sleep. But it's not going to harm your baby per se. It may just make him a little uncomfortable if he happens to wake up and can't seem to jiggle his arm out of that position. If he bumps his head a little bit on the side of the crib, it's not going to harm him. It might wake him up a little bit and disturb his sleep. And that's frustrating, but it's not going to harm your baby. So try to take the stress off of that. A crib is considered the safest place for your baby to sleep. Next question is about having a tough night and how to come back from that. So when a baby or toddler has a tough night, do you extend naps beyond what you normally would to help them catch up on sleep? I don't usually. 
If your baby is at an age or a stage where you have determined that a certain number of naps or a certain number of hours of sleep in the day is good for your baby and more than that actually causes them to have a disrupted night, I don't recommend that you add on extra daytime sleep to try to come back from a tough night. So if your baby has a night of sleep where they are up more than usual and then in the morning you're thinking, well, maybe I should just let them sleep in way beyond when they would normally sleep in. Or maybe I should let them nap for an hour or two beyond what they normally nap today. I would not recommend that because here's the thing. You don't come back from an off night with an off day. All you do if you try to come back from an off night with an off day is throw that day's schedule off and then get yourself in a cycle. Because if the day's schedule is thrown off and your baby has a ton more daytime sleep than they normally had to make up for that previous night, well, now the next night, they may very well have a tough night because they had too much daytime sleep that day because you were trying to come back from the off night the previous night. So you can see where I'm going with this, that it can kind of create a bit of a cycle. So as tough as it is to wake your baby up from a nap that next day, when they've had a tougher night the previous night, I would avoid adding on tons of extra daytime sleep the next day after that tougher night because you're likely to just create that cycle. I would try to get right back on track with what is close to your normal schedule, your normal sleep schedule for your baby the next day after they have had that off night because that's probably what is going to get their sleep back on track the following night is having a good sort of normal looking day in terms of their sleep schedule. The next question for today is how to put baby down at a friend's house and then do the transfer at home was this question. And now that we are all socializing a little bit more post ish pandemic and we are starting to see some more people or go to friends houses or visit with relatives i am getting this question more and more and more so how do you do that transfer you really just do it and then you treat whatever happens at home however you would normally treat a nighttime wake up for your baby so absolutely you can go to your friend's house and put your baby down there and transfer them home later lots of people do this we used to do this with myla my own little girl all the time it's how you can have a good sleeper and still have a flexible lifestyle so you go to your friend's house or your relative's house for dinner everyone gets to enjoy their time with the baby you steal away after dinner and do your baby's bedtime routine around their normal time you do a little bath or maybe just a little wipe down in the bathroom if you normally do a bath but you don't want to do the whole bath ordeal at your friend's house so you do a little wipe down to simulate a bath you go to whatever room you've decided on for the baby and make sure it's conducive for sleep so maybe take along a portable blackout blind with you if you aren't confident that your friend's house is going to have a dark room a crib or a travel crib that you've brought with you your child's sleep sack if they normally wear a sleep sack bring along a couple little bedtime stories and you've got your setup so you do the little wipe down or the bath you go to the room where your child's going to be sleeping you do the rest of their routine if that's you know pajamas sleep sack bedtime feed couple little stories and into their crib or their travel crib that you've brought with you we go down for the night just the way they normally would however you normally put your baby down and then say 10 11 o'clock whatever it is rolls around and you're you've had your evening with your friends and you're done and you're ready to go home you go and get baby up and you buckle them into their car seat and you drive home 
Your baby might wake up during the transfer. They very likely will. They may even fall back asleep, though, in the car on the way home, and then you may be able to transfer them to the crib without them even waking up again. Or they may wake up again during the transfer into their crib. If they wake up again, if you're one of my clients and you have an independent little sleeper on your hands, or if you just have an independent sleeper on your hands, they wake up, that means you give them a little kiss, you put them in the crib, and they go back to sleep again because they have those great little independent sleep skills. If you handle night wakes a different way, if you normally feed your baby to sleep or rock your baby to sleep if they have a night wake, that's what you would do at that time. So you just treat it like a regular nighttime wake up as though they'd woken up on their own in the night. It just so happens that you woke them up at your friend's house and drove them home in the meantime. And so you treat it that way. And however you would normally treat that night wake, you finish up, you get your baby back to sleep and you're all good. But the bottom line of this is you can do it. You can have a flexible lifestyle and still manage your baby's sleep. You can go to friends' houses, relatives' houses, and put your baby down there and do that transfer. It works well for lots of babies, especially independent little sleepers, but it's something you can do and not have to just tie yourself to your house all the time because of baby sleep. Next question for today. My five-month-old co-sleeps. Can I sleep train and crib train at the same time? Or is it best for baby to be comfortable sleeping in the crib first? It's a little bit of a tricky question, but to me, sleep training and crib training when we're going from a co-sleeping situation to a situation where a family now wants their baby to sleep in the crib, they're the same thing. Sleep training and crib training would be the same thing. So I guess my answer to the question is yes, you would do it all at once because this parent is asking, is it best if I get baby comfortable in the crib before I do sleep training? Well, getting baby comfortable in the crib is going to be a really important part of sleep training. Your baby has never slept in a crib before. They've only slept in a bed with a parent. So this is going to be a very big change for them. They are probably going to protest this change no matter how you go about putting them in the crib. And you're going to want to have a strategy for getting them comfortable with that in a way that you are comfortable with. And that is really what sleep coaching is all about. So if I am working with a family who's going from co-sleeping to crib sleeping, I'm probably going to take a stay in the room approach to sleep coaching. So we're going to have a parent sit right beside baby the whole time until they fall asleep in their crib. We're going to talk through offering support and reassurance, words, touch, pickups for hugs if the baby needs a hug, but having baby go into that crib awake and now fall asleep using their own sleep skills instead of lying in a bed with a parent. That is the type of approach I would generally take to sleep coaching if I was sleep coaching a baby in a crib for the first time, having only ever co-slept in the past. But it is really one and the same. It's part of the same process. If you're going from co-sleeping to crib sleeping, that would be my recommendation that you plan on sort of all of that being part of the sleep coaching process. And the last question for today, my nine month old baby poops every day around 5 a.m. and then can't go back to sleep. What are your recommendations? I get this question all the time. It's so common. The thing is a lot of parents assume their baby has pooped themselves awake at 5 a.m. and that is what is causing them to wake up. So the first thing to consider is that that's probably not what's happening. What's probably happening is that your baby is waking up on their own at 5 a.m. for other reasons and then they happen to be pooping as they hang out in their crib at 5 a.m. The hours between 4 and 6 a.m. are the most common times for babies to be in a light stage of sleep and wake up. And it's the hardest time for babies to get back to sleep. 
if they wake up. It's the same for adults, if you think about it. If you have a more restless time sleeping, it is generally between 4 to 6 a.m. It's not midnight. If you wake up at 1, 2 a.m., you probably get yourself back to sleep pretty quickly. But if you wake up around 5 a.m., it is often harder to get back to sleep. And it's the same thing for your baby. Why? We're all in a lighter stage of sleep at that point. We are all having more trouble getting back to sleep at that time because there is less of what we call sleep pressure at 5 a.m. than there is at, say, 1 a.m. There's less pressure to go back to sleep because we've had more sleep at that point. We're still tired and probably need a little more rest, but it's harder to get back to sleep because we've had more sleep at that 5 a.m. marker. So you really want to look at the root cause for why your baby might be waking up at 5 a.m. other than pooping. Because again, they're probably not pooping themselves awake. They're probably pooping after they've woken up for some other reason. Look at your baby's schedule. Make sure they're having age-appropriate wake windows during the day. One of the biggest reasons babies wake up early to start their day is because they went to bed overtired the night before. If your nine-month-old is having more than about three hours of awake time before they go to bed at night, that might be a key culprit to that early morning wake-up because they're probably overtired when they go to bed at night if they're getting more like four-plus hours of awake time before bed. The other thing to look at is sleep props. If you've listened to the podcast before, you've probably heard me use that term, and it means the stuff like feeding to sleep, rocking to sleep, pacifier to go to sleep, The stuff that gets your baby to go to sleep at bedtime, but that they're then looking for around that light stage of sleep at 5 a.m. if it's not there. And they're constantly waking up at that time looking for the same thing that put them to sleep at bedtime the night before to now put them back to sleep again. Or they just can't do it on their own. So that's something to look at as well if your baby's really looking for sleep props at that time. Above and beyond all of this, could your baby actually just be regularly pooping themselves awake at 5 a.m.? They could. That is also a possibility. So one tip here is to try to consider if your nine-month-old is on solids, which many nine-month-olds are, if you are serving a lot of very fiber-rich foods in the evening for their supper meal, you may want to consider redistributing the fibrous meals a little bit more throughout the day and the fiber rich meals happening a little bit earlier in the day. So they go through baby's system and they get their poops out closer to the afternoon or the evening. And then obviously we're still including fiber with every meal, but not such the fiber rich foods right at supper time that they might be then digesting and pooping out at five o'clock in the morning. So you might want to move some of those fiber rich foods earlier in the day in the hopes that it makes the bigger poops happen by the end of the day and not the next morning at 5 a.m. when you're hoping that all of you will still be sleeping. So that's the last tip for that. That's the top five for the week. Thank you everyone for tuning in. I know that was a broad range of questions, but they are some common ones that I get from you all. So I hope they were helpful and I hope everyone has a great week. Tune in next week and tune in in the coming weeks because we have some great topics and some great guests coming up on Sleep Cues, the Everything Baby Sleep podcast. Thanks for listening to Sleep Cues, the Everything Baby Sleep podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, leave a review, and share this episode with a mom or dad who might need some rest. Connect with us on Instagram at The Happy Sleep Company and check out our website, thehappysleepcompany.com, for loads of blogs, sleep guides, and information about how we work with families one-on-one to get sleep on track.